Welcome, welcome. I have got Jared and Daniel here from Mobile Mentor. Jared and Daniel, so thank you so much for joining us today. We are talking about some some pretty awesome stuff around modern workplace and uh, what I actually don't a hundred percent understand, which is zero trust. So really interested in finding out more about this. Um, if I can get you guys to give yourself a little intro, maybe starting with you first, Daniel. Hi, yes, uh, thank you. I'm Daniel McCarthy. I'm the CEO of Mobile Mentor, and I'm based uh, in uh, Auckland, in New Zealand. And I'm Jared Peterson, Head of Sales for New Zealand at Mobile Mentor. Been here for over a year now and have a long history at Microsoft prior to that. I would like to um, also uh, formally announce that you are Global Microsoft Partner of the Year for Modern Endpoint that, Management. That's our category. And yeah, we uh, surprised ourselves by winning that one last year. And that is a global award, which is very awesome. So let's get into it. First question, and in your opinion, what are some of the biggest changes the COVID era has brought to the discussion of modern workplace? The pandemic, I guess, forced people to work remotely. And we've seen a much, much bigger reliance on the devices that people use to do their work than being in an office. Right? That's the that's the reality of, um, of working from home or working remotely. Um, but at the same time, we also see an enormous, or we saw an enormous increase in cybercrime. It depends where you, what you read, but you know, in the hundreds of percent uh, increase in cybercrime across the world, as um, cybercriminals took advantage of this. Um, and uh, I think Jared will, will talk to this a little bit later. And so, organisations have been forced in a way to focus much more on security. Um, that's probably that, that's probably a big change. And then, at the same time. Um, there was a global chip shortage and organizations that needed to get new staff on board or change their vibe, whatever, um, had to rely on, on employees using their own devices. And so BYOD really came to the fore. And with BYOD come a whole host of other security uh, challenges in that you are now dealing with people's personal devices. It's no longer your device. You can't control it, etc. Right. So you had all those d- dynamics happening. Um, and and I guess on, on the back of the uh, during the pandemic and on the back of the pandemic, we've seen a world now which hires people remotely, people you've never met. We mobile mentor have um, doubled our in size over the last year. And and those people who joined us, we literally have not met uh, across the world. And and that has required organizations again to find different ways to deal with the devices, the employee experience, the onboarding, etc. Um, all of that compounded with this uh, so-called great resignation that's happening everywhere in the world. Uh, so it's becoming more complex world from a security perspective, so I would say, and a more dangerous world to some extent. What would you suggest are some of the most important things companies can do to keep their data secure and the employees productive? I might just chime in here. One thing we see quite often is that it, it becomes an IT problem. And if it's only ever an IT problem, then we're missing out on what is actually just as important in parallel to the IT solution, which is the people solution and galvanizing everybody around the importance and training them up. What 
um, maybe I would just highlight is in New Zealand, we have the Privacy Commission and they do a study every year. And the annual report for 2021 has some interesting stats that highlight how important it is to bring the people along in this security and privacy discussion. In the seven month period from the 1st of December 2020 to the end of June 2021, there were 445 notified data breaches in New Zealand. And the interesting thing about that is that over 60% of them were due to human error, which is difficult to stop just with IT if you don't also address it from the, the human side of things. And what we found is that there are a couple of industries that are more highly represented in those notified, notified data breaches, which are healthcare, government, and everything surrounding public sector. So it's real and it's happening in New Zealand. One tip that we have uh, that we often give to our customers is that you need to have policies in place, not just implemented in your environment, but understood by the staff. And sometimes we surface up a policy and it becomes a little box that you just quickly have to tick that nobody really reads. So that moment in time where the person is using the technology is the perfect point to offer up some practical tips or some thought-provoking security questions that just have it resonate in the person's mind while they're using technology. So surfacing up policy awareness is critical. One of the other things that we find is that, you know, 60, over 60% of those breaches were due to human error. And like three, two thirds to, to three quarters of those are due to something that has to do with the password, right? So there is a password problem. And the idea of going passwordless and using biometrics and using things like Windows Hello and recognizing that uh, one an interesting thing that we found in a first party primary study that we've done in the US and Australia is that 27%, only 27%, just under a third of staff are using some sort of password management tool. A quarter are keeping passwords in notes on their phone, which may or may not be secured. <laughs> Another quarter are writing their passwords as notes in a personal journal. So there's risk out there uh, that we need to be aware of. And I think that's one of the things that if we just realize it's both a human problem and also the technology problem, coupling those together and bringing HR and IT uh, in close collaboration would be really important. Nadia, just to give a perspective how real this is, right? the numbers that the New Zealand Privacy Commissioner published and that Jared talked to, first of all, those six months, those, this first six, effectively the first six months of 2021, was three times the scale of the previous six months in terms of cyber. You know, and then, and then the second thing is, if you think about it in a different way, that's about 60 or so breaches a month, so two a day or three every working day, right, of, of breaches happening in New Zealand, you know, in our organizations. And that's, when I say ours, I'm, you know, all our organizations don't think it's a, this is like thinking it's someone else's problem and not our problem. I, I bet you that number will be, again, three times the scale of that the following six months. Yeah, I find that really interesting too, when you start breaking that down to by day. So that's, when you actually start going, that is two to three per day that is that is just unheard of and when you and when you look at those dates as well 
that is when COVID hit. That's when we're at home. That's when all of a sudden people were either bringing devices home from the office or going onto their own own fiber, using their own phones, using their own equipment. Um, and, and how that human error, I think, is, and sometimes it's it's just when we're not computers, things happen. So being able to secure that, and I love the thought of this isn't just an IT problem. This is the HR manager's problem. This is the marketing person's problem. Because what happens when that breach happens and then that person, that, per, that press release goes out? It's everybody's problem. And so by actually looking at these policies and also um, laughing at uh, back in the day, having obviously, you know, you'd have your note written on your phone. Thankfully, we have programs these days that uh, we, we don't need to actually have passwords and, and also um, authentication, bringing in two-factor authentication, bringing in these these authenticator apps. So um, definitely, um, th- there's a lot of improvement by the sounds of it that we can be making. So how do you suggest companies can strike the right balance between IT control versus the end user productivity? Well, we we did mention that we have to realize it's both a, a people and a uh, and an IT problem. But from the people perspective, let me just give you a couple more interesting stats that when you juxtapose these against each other, highlight a bit of a dilemma. One is in the study that we've done, this endpoint ecosystem study, we found that three out of four employees believe their personal privacy is more important than their company's security. So personal privacy is paramount, and it becomes even more important when you look at the younger generation, young millennials and Gen Z. But on the flip side of that coin, two-thirds also believe their company is more concerned about their data security rather than the personal privacy of their staff. So the the staff are here, here wondering about, you know, is my stuff secure? I'm using a BYOD device. My company wants to stick it in the MDM. Can they track everything that I'm doing? Is my own personal data secure when I'm working? So that's uh, an, an, an interesting happening. And what we also find is that, especially like Daniel mentioned earlier, there are more personal devices now being used in a work setting. So another interesting thing that's going on is that in the millennials, the younger millennials who've answered our survey and the Gen Z, over half of them say that they use their work device for personal reasons. And more than that, say that they use their personal device for company work. If you think you are an IT department that has uh, everything locked down and everything is within your control, yeah, you may be, um, you may find out that there's actually more shadow IT going on than you would hope for. That's right. It's it, the interesting point here is that shadow IT is real. We have it. You know, interesting. I'll give you an interesting anecdote. Now, yeah, we we showed the results of our uh, endpoint ecosystem study to our team last week, and uh, and one of uh, the team asked, "Well, this must be happening to us too, right?" And uh, <laughs> all this stuff must be happening to us too. We're, we we pride ourselves on being, you know, accredited by New Zealand government and so on. But all this is happening, and we can't ignore it. Um, the things like, you know, the mobile phone gets forgotten by IT teams as being a, a device to secure and to manage or whatever. You know, BY, as Jared said, BYOD is not my problem. Um, it's not is not an attitude that you can you can uh, you take. On the other hand, if you appeal to people's privacy and you are looking to protect people's privacy, 
then you will get really good security. Because uh, if, if, if you say to people, we're here to protect your personal data, um, and you are here to do that, then by, by association, you will be protecting company information. So it's, it, it's a really interesting dynamic between that people put themselves first, as you would say. And, and so the language, and, and as we've talked before, having HR teams working with the IT teams to make sure that, that we're getting both right. Um, mm, that's it. Not- that's exactly it, Daniel. And so I'll just I'll just um, give our listeners a a thought provoking question. Do you believe you have shadow IT going on in your company? Do you believe that the companies where you are the MSP that they have shadow IT going on? I want to give you a couple more stats out of our study. And this study was not to the IT pros. This was to the end user, to the frontline workers. Half of the staff, there were 1,500 respondents, and half of the staff who responded feel that they can be more efficient at times using non-work applications such as Dropbox and Gmail. So that's automatically, with that user at that moment in time, you've got shadow IT going on. Also, a third of the respondents said that they can usually find ways to work around security policies if it seems to be obstructing their productivity. So what what does that mean? Well, you'd have to ask them what they're doing to go around or to circumvent. But those two stats alone tell you you've got shadow IT happening. So you have to really understand that it's there and work with the staff to get on top of it. I find the application that the um, external applications, there's so many of these SaaS applications that we can use to benefit our everyday lives. And I know the marketing department would be using some and the, um, the sales guys might be using some and it's so easy to sign these up. How do how do you keep control of what is being used, what isn't, and with that security? I think that is, that is a, a, a fundamentally really important thing um, at the moment. And the BYO devices, we ourselves, we work free range. Uh, our, our staff are given um, an allowance and they choose and they actually, we use our own devices and we're given an allowance to be able to use our own devices because that's what as a team we wanted because some people needed different uh, two degrees or they needed Vodafone or they needed Spark or they need they want Android or they want Apple. Um, it, it's, it becomes a preference thing on that your, your daily life, but it could become a huge headache for the policies and the internal and the security side of it. So um, incredibly thought-provoking there um, and, and, and wondering, I'm now thinking about all the, all the SaaS products that we use as, a, as a, a marketing operations team. So we've discussed things from an employee perspective, but what are your thoughts from a technology perspective? What can companies do to keep themselves secure? Yeah, I guess um, this is where Zero Trust comes in. You mentioned before, Nadia, we need to know about Zero Trust right? from a... Uh, let's call it a technology perspective. Although t- zero trust is not a technology, uh, zero trust is a is a way of is a methodology, a, a way of, of um, doing things. Um, it's really kind of moving us away. I guess security used to be uh, build a perimeter, call it a firewall, call it whatever, and uh, and protect everything inside that that perimeter, right? Um, that doesn't exist anymore. When, as you said before, everyone's in their homes using their own devices, their own networks, their own everything. The days of VPN to lock everything in um, are also um, gone. So zero trust is literally adopt an approach of trust no one, nobody, nothing, never in an IT sense. Assume breach, uh, right? Your first contact is assume breach. So 
Um, it does require you to does require to think about how do you restructure your security to to assume that breach. So how does zero trust work? Jared, do you want to tackle them? Yeah, so uh, three, I guess, main principles to zero trust. Uh, Daniel mentioned uh, this already a little bit, which is verify explicitly. So check that devices and I uh, check devices and identity on every access request. Two is to assume breach. Assume that every access request is a potential breach of your network. And three, grant least privileged access or limit the use to just the resources that they need at that time. And there are a lot of things that you can bring to bear to make this happen. The beauty of it is that a lot of them come from the Microsoft 365 suite, which a lot of the customers that we'll be working with in the ICT space already own, but they may or may not realize uh, that they've got it. It may not be switched on. They might be living in a legacy world and finding it hard to migrate to that more mature, modern way of working, which is fully cloud-based but they've often got exactly what they need. Things like biometrics and MFA and conditional access and the elements of the, of the Microsoft suite. So we, we, we talk about uh, six pillars of modern management. Pillars like uh, zero touch provisioning, things like over the air updates, uh, where you can download everything from the cloud without having to do golden imaging. We talk about this also enables Things like remote support, where you can wipe devices remotely. If you um, if you are central IT and you've got somebody working in another city, they no longer have to ship devices back to base, but you can do that fixed, shut it down, wipe it, reinstall everything according to their profile, where they are, whenever they need it. So there are a lot of additional benefits to setting up a zero trust environment that can be also brought to bear. So gone are the days of shipping a laptop off and getting that person to set it up themselves. It's yeah. all well, set up. Funnily enough, it's come back around to that, yes. But <laughs> they do, all they need to do is, is put in their uh, authentic, their Microsoft or, or authentication and, and then it does set itself. Um, but um, I heard this uh, last week, actually, I think it was uh, something from Microsoft that talked about um, that nowadays changing jobs is simply boxing up your old laptop and unboxing your new laptop. That is your that is that is the experience of changing a job whilst doing it in your kitchen. And so so, so um, you know that um, that is the, the world we're now living in. Uh, and zero trust enables that. It's part of the the, archi the underlying architecture that enables it. What I find quite interesting about that too, Daniel, is um, is it's so true. So so leaving a job and starting a job is boxing up a computer and re and unboxing the other one you've probably still got the same phone. You've probably still got some of the other same things that you use yourself. So I, I can totally see how there is this issue of security now of what have you still got data on your phone from the previous? What are you now putting onto that phone from the, from the new? Actually, so Nadia, your BYOD laptop too, you don't even unbox and box. Uh, you, just, uh, you just log in with your new credentials. And uh, and you're off again, right? Um, so and so to what Jared was talking about, the whole only provide limited, you know, access that's needed. That helps always keep companies and companies' data uh, secure because you're you're only giving 
what's needed to do the job. Uh, one of the things that we see uh, in almost all customer engagements is that there's usually a, an IT team that's feeling a little bit more secure than they in actuality are because they have blinders sometimes in terms of the entire endpoint ecosystem. And this is a, this is a term that we kind of have coined and are using, endpoint ecosystem. It's, it's not just the laptops that you procure, provision, golden image, give to your staff. It's all the other devices that they have on them much more commonly and more often throughout the day. So it's your iOS devices, it's your Android devices, it could be things like your Mac OS, your iPads, et cetera. But it's also the experience that they're having, the identity experience, the mm. login, the applications and the data that they're using. So we we love to see customers embracing things like BYOD because it, BYOD does not have to be a bad thing. In fact, it can be an empowering thing if done right, using into an app protection policies, for example, to set up mobile application management can be like a godsend to a company, especially like in a, in a healthcare environment where you often have um, users that are quite precious about their personal information and I want to use my my you know great phone but I don't want big brother my employer watching everything that I do so there are ways to appease but not only appease almost energize the staff around we're keeping things private but also keeping things secure and giving people the the ability to use what it is that they enjoy using so it's it's around that employee experience as well i can only imagine that being onboarded in a situation where you literally just log in put in your credentials and what you need is in front of you is so much more effective and efficient than having to sit there and have three or four days of setups and trying to get things to work and also knowing that in the background it's all secure absolutely look you touched on it i think one of one of the things we found in our study is that it takes about three days to onboard uh, a new employee with technology. That's a long time and it's a miserable time. I think it's also about three calls to support uh, and it's a miserable time feeling pretty helpless when your technology just isn't helping you get on board. And so that, that, that's absolutely correct. And, and where we evangelize a lot is that in order to get the endpoint ecosystem working, you need to get that balance between security and employee experience. You don't get that right one way or the other. You'll get shadow IT on one side or big brother on the other, and the, the two need to work together. Yeah, and I can only imagine that um, that HR would, and you know, we we call them our, our people department would would be having their hands in the air around that as well, and around that onboarding experience, and around having having. We all know how hard it is to recruit at the moment. And so, you know, to keep the staff happy that we've got is, is that, that's got to help the business metrics. That's actually got Absolutely. to help the bottom line. This, is, this isn't always around, yes, emotionally and the people, this has actually got to help the bottom line of the business. We're going to be more effective, more efficient, and we're actually going to be able to have better output. So I, I love talking about how technology is actually enabling our human people to be able to actually do better business. So fantastic just to bring it back to microsoft because obviously we we are all microsoft providers here um how does the m365 licenses enable zero trust yeah so for starters if you're less than 300 seats business premium m365 business premium 
over 300 seats, you're looking at E3. That's the starting point for zero trust. There are other providers as well, but oftentimes we see customers not standardizing and they're sometimes double paying for licenses. Things like AirWatch, for example, that did you realize you could manage your phones through Intune? So you'll have the basics in place if you've got the E3. You'll have Microsoft Intune itself. You'll have access to MDM. You'll have access to mobile application management. You'll have access to Windows Autopilot. You'll have access to Windows Hello for Business. You'll have access to MFA. You'll have access to conditional access, self-service password reset. These are all elements of the M365 suite that you'll have. You've got the E3 and you're off and running. Then the question becomes, at what point do you want the extra more advanced functionalities that would become available through E5? So that's a very common um, question that, that customers would be asking us. I've got E3, but first thing to realize is that the vast majority of E3 license holders are not utilizing all the functionality mm. they're paying for. So help them get value out of, out of the licenses they've bought by turning on the functionalities that they have. And then, and then have the E5 discussion. Would give you things like Defender for Endpoint, uh, where you can detect, analyze, investigate, and remediate threats that will inevitably be compromising some of your devices. You'll mm -hmm. have um, risk-based conditional access. You'll have Defender for Cloud Apps uh, to limit, if you will, shadow IT with an app vetting process. Uh, you'll have information protection where you automate through Microsoft information protection, the process to apply labels and uh, policies to sensitive data. And you'll have compliance management tools, again, rule-based automatic retention policies, records management and advanced audit. These are all things that you can get, which would be commonly used and required in the uh, finance sector, in uh, government sector, health sector, and in many other industries as well. But start with E3 and then talk about E5. So that all is, that was a lot. And and I know if you're not across all of those things can be a lot. Do you do you have any resources at Mobile Mentor that could be useful to our, our partners that are interested in learning more about Zero Trust, the endpoint ecosystem study you've done, or or modern device management. Absolutely, absolutely, we do. If anyone uh, has fast forward through the whole podcast and wants to just jump <laughs> to the uh, to the answer, <laughs> and look, we we actually created a um, uh, a website called endpointecosystem.com that's got all of the studies that um, uh, we've been referencing. Uh, we also have a bunch of white papers around zero trust. Uh, it's really, I guess, uh, zero trust one hundred and one, starting from what it is to uh, deploying E3s, to scaling up to E5, uh, and, and modern endpoint management overall. So we can provide those, whether you send them out with a link, Nadia, on, on, on to this podcast, we can provide them, people can just download those things uh, and read and use them as they wish. Obviously, if they want to know more, then we at Mobile Mentor are always available for that conversation. Yeah, and we, of course, love to partner. So uh, a lot of these things you may or may not, as an IT provider, have expertise in. Give us a ring. You'll find us super uh, happy to work with you. Amazing. Thank you so much, Jared and Daniel. Really, really appreciate your time today. Um, I just It is so thought-provoking around our new era and way of working. We like to term it, actually, we're not working from home. We, we, we like to term it as free-range working. You work from where 
you need to do your job or where, where you can do your job from. Um, and I just think this is these conversations around how we can enable that free range working for more people, but do it securely, do it so that we are we are all safe, but also to make the, the, our, our human people better, our, it makes the onboarding experiences better, it makes our recruitment better, it makes our day-to-day -day lives better, and that should help the business the business metrics and the bottom line at the end of the day. So um, absolutely appreciate you guys coming on and jumping on for this. Uh, I will put up some links as well um, so that so that you, we can get those resources from you guys and, um, and would love to have some more conversations around this. So again, thank you so much and congratulations on your work. Great chatting to you, Nadia, and thank you for uh, giving us the time. And yes, absolutely, all the resources are free. Uh, we, we're, we're looking to make the world a, a better, more enjoyable place too. You're very welcome.